Here we go, Tomboy City. Hey guys, welcome to episode 55 of CB Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Commodore number five, and my fellow host wakes up every morning and pleads for guidance. Big talk. What's going on? Not much. Uh, quick shout out to, hey, and this one's, this is going to be a little esoteric for the people playing the home game, so bear with me. Hey, aesthetics and aestheticians. It's fine. Which I think, I is that the word? I always forget how to pronounce it. Like the beauty people who go to beauty school. Aesthetician? No. It's, it's, it's okay, because it's aesthetic, right? Is the, it's yeah. a, aesthetic, aestheticians. I don't know, whatever. I believe it it's doesn't matter. Aestheticians. Uh, no, uh, so depending on what you listen to this episode, I may have gone through getting dumped by someone that I started dating. So I had a bit of a weird experience with that, but serves me right for trying to uh, trying to get my emotions out in the wild. So I'm back to my I'm back to my hardened room. Uh, I just organized I organized my first stack of cards that I opened from Jumpstart, Double Masters. And the rest oh, of the Lord. stuff, which was just my commons and uncommons, and I have an, an almost an equally uh, equally same size stack of rares and other playables. So <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna do. But anyways, that's been my that's been my big news. How about you, Mister Combo? Oh no, I'm doing pretty good. Um, just yeah, it, it's like. <sighs> It's, it's at a weird point right now because we're trying to get our QBRs, which are called quarterly business reviews for people that are not in the corporate world. Mm. And we're basically have to compile all this data and talk about my business and like what it's going to look like and collaborate with my cohorts. And I'm not having the best of luck with the dude that they assigned me. He's kind of what you call a tool. Or, or uh, is he kind of what you call a hashtag moron? Oh. Yeah, uh, so that, that's been less than fun. Uh, the dude's definitely brotastic. We'll just leave that there. I see. Um, so outside of that, I'm trying to look at the positive stuff. I go to Colorado in two weeks. Right. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Go do some hiking. Uh, we've we've uh, picked that we're going to do on Saturday, so the first full day that we're there, 16 miles round trip. Wow. Uh, and how like do you choice. feel about your how do you feel about your ability to perform said 16 miles round trip? I look at it from if we get there at 7 or 8 a.m. Take your sweet time. Mm -hmm. Two miles an hour. That can't be that hard to do. Two miles I mean, an hour. Yeah. Just go two yes, miles an hour. That is, that is reasonable. Easy. That is extremely reasonable to me. Uh, we were going to bring our dog, though, but a friend of the cast, Denny, uh, or Dennis, was like, eh, I don't know if he'll actually be able to make it. And I was like, eh, I think you're probably right. Well, yeah, because what you complaining about him, like, pretending to, pretending to go to sleep on, like, a three-mile walk jog? Yeah, 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 pretty much. Uh, and so, and the one thing I didn't take into account for the dog is the obviously the altitude in mm -hmm. the thin air that's obviously going to impact him. So I did contemplate buying this like emergency dog backpack. And just so you guys know, my dog is not tiny. No, it's He's 70 pounds. <laughs> and it's this like emergency dog backpack for like if they break their leg on the trail. But I was like, well, maybe I could get it if he's just too fat and tired and I'll just carry him. Right. Uh, and, and the girlfriend uh, shot that down. So, <laughs> well, what are what are you gonna do? I know I what? I wish I could have some sort of device like that for Mr. Bubs and just carry him with me at all times, but I don't know. I feel, like that's, I feel like that's looked upon. I look that'd be like looked down upon if I just had a backpack and be like, here's my 16 pound cat. I also got <laughs> oh, recommend, be amazing. Like, 15 gallons of water. At least Wait, who it, identify yourself, caller. Who is this? Um Squeak. Who's talking right now? This is Thanks supposed to be a secure line. Episode. 
and as always with Manolith Commentary from Rich Chaos Records Studio is Squee. Hi, I'm Squee. Hi. Nice to be here. How are you guys? You took doing? your sweet time. You took your sweet time getting a, getting to that interjection there, Squee. Hey, you got to time your bits <laughs> just right, you know? Just hey. right. Uh, I do recommend for your hike, take a lot of water. You might die without it. Maybe just like bring a whole rolling cooler of water. 16 miles sounds awful. Screw that. I'm not taking some cooler. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to take a take a cooler. I'm take I got 48 ounces in an Nalgene and I'm going ounces. to ration. I've seen you sweat sitting yeah. down. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully, once again, this is all pie in the sky. We could get a mile in and be like, screw yeah, this. Yeah, okay. yeah, we tried. Uh, Squee, are you intentionally trying to grow out a mustache goatee thing right now? You know, I shaved the, the rest of my face and I was going to do the whole thing and I figured I'd leave it for a couple days, see how we felt. Uh, we're on day two here, uh, doing okay. I don't hate it. Yeah, I know. Me neither. That's kind of the but, problem. But I feel like, but I feel like if you rode your bike near a school or playground, you would be asked to leave. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, just, I, I don't often ride my bike around schools or playgrounds. I'm just trying to do some pull-ups on the pull-up bar. <laughs> like that I know for real. I just want to do some uh, uh, the what are those the the monkey bar? No, not monkey bars, but like the circle things, like. Oh, God, oh the worst, yeah, the spinner. The, the spinner worst part is I ride like a 20-inch BMX bike, so they're going to be like, oh, he even showed up on a kid's bike. Son of a bitch. Well known, <laughs> well known as a ped pedophile's vehicle of choice is the 20-inch BMX bike. Well, anyways, uh, moving on before we get me on the uh, indecent exposure list, we got we to gotta get out of this bit. Yeah, we do, and we got to head over so you guys can learn ways to support the CMD Tower team to make sure... That Squee has candy. Oh, God, I can't go oh, there. Boy. Uh, just, <laughs> just all the content that we create. Head over to our sponsor, level1gameshop.com. They do sell magic accessories, tabletop accessories. Uh, they do carry our play mat and mat hunter pack sleeves. And they also do have a sweet TCG player store with a 99% accuracy rating and very competitive prices. If you'd actually like to help us financially, you could head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Tower. We have four different pledge levels. The rewards vary from getting a shout out, which we do have some patrons that we do need to oh, announce. Right. Uh, because we suck at remembering doing it. So sorry, these are like a month late. Uh, Kyle Otherbor. What up? Hi. What up? From T, South Dakota. T. I'd like to know, is your guys' drink of choice coffee? Oh, Love it. Yeah, Great work. Uh, and then we got James Day. Ooh, James from Day. That's Ropo a good name. here oh, in Ropo. Kansas. Oh. What up, James? Ropo. Yeah, we, uh, up, we probably shop at the same grocery store and everything. He was the one who said that he could have come like he could have just drove to pick, pick up what his uh, his Patreon <laughs> <Yeah>. merch, right? <laughs> uh, and then Jim Dean, little known fact, not related to Jimmy Dean, oh. or so I know. What if he is Jimmy Dean? Oh my god! Ooh, that'd be pretty amazing. Uh, well, congrats, you three guys, for joining the collective officially. Uh, one day we'll do your initiation. What that is, I can't say over public airways. <laughs> for the same reasons we had to move on from the previous bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, so you can get that. You can also uh, get your own set of CMD Tower playmat and sleeves. Uh, also, uh, recently launched, you could head over to our store at CMD. Yeah. Tower.com slash merch. Yep. Uh, where yep. we do have special bundles. So if you can't commit to a monthly patron, uh, but you want to be able to get some of the sweet, sweet swag, you can head over there and just pick up a Squeamy Geek coin for $5. Uh, you, know you can you head over, get, 
get, get an entire set of just stuff and we'll, and we'll ship it out to you. Please, it's taking up all the room in my basement. Uh, eventually, when the apocalypse happens, I will have to melt these down for ammunition. <laughs> uh, but if you can't help us out financially, you can just share the content you're watching or listening to because every little bit of interaction from the collective does help. On every episode, we do want to give a big shout out to the music provided by Pink Royal. And of course, stay tuned till the end so you guys can get details on how you can win that really sweet land kit from level one. So Bruce and Bills is our deck tech series. Since we conquered the path to 32, we have moved on to the endless themes that EDH can bring us. And each month will be a new theme and we correlate how those decks are constructed similar to how a beer is brewed. So we broke it down into four different categories. First one's ramp and setting your board state. That's the grain. Yes, and grains are the foundation of every beer and they include both base malts and specialty malts, usually about a 60 to 40 ratio. It's up to the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of a beer. Decks always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into your bigger threats, and just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. And then the next thing is going to be, how does your board interact with all of your opponents? We call that hops. And hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like IPAs. Our hop categories, or our hop choices, help clear and interact with the board so your deck can do it at once. And then my favorite section, how does your deck actually close out, accomplish its goal, and potentially win the game? That's yeast. Yes, and because I just had to throw out my second batch of beer in a row, I'm well aware that yeast are finical, asshole-ish <laughs> microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds alcohol content in the carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. And without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning the game. And then we have uh, probably, you would think, Big Tuck's favorite section, but really he's a secret yeast at heart. We have shenanigans. These are pet cards, random things that are in the deck that maybe don't really fit the theme or very fringely fit the theme. We call that spice. And uh, not every beer has them, but spices and other additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into jalapeno stout or the, or the addition of hops that turn an IPA into a double IPA. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, is where we talk about it. And then to wrap up the episode, we do have a bottle capping. These are going to be Big Tux and myself's cuts and recommendations to the deck that are under $5, under 50 bucks, and a personal no budget. Only restrictions, we can't talk about mana only lands. So no matter how much Squee wants to talk about Taiga that he got from his stupid, ridiculous, amazing box, you can't do it. So without what further ado, let's see. Oh. <sighs> Wait, you pulled an underground C? No, but I traded cards from the box to get one. That so doesn't it's like the, count. Uh, <laughs> property, right? That doesn't count. Uh, so without further ado, let's get brewing. Today, we're talking a deck that Big Tuck swore we'd never talk about, Aloro the Tax Collector. Yeah. Uh, so this is my Esper deck. It is probably one of the first five to six decks I ever built. Um, I thought it was just such a cool idea when I saw Aloro uh, that he did something without even having to be cast to the battlefield. Mm -hmm. So Big Tuck, why don't you read off what Aloro actually does? So, and you guys won't believe this, but since it's after nine o'clock, I actually have to wear my glasses to see anything. So oh, I can wow. read it clear <laughs> as, a, as a bell. I and get you a trophy for this. It's like the first I, time uh, you've ever worn them. You know, it's funny. I Now that I can read this clearly, from a safe distance away from my monitor. I don't understand why I don't wear my glasses more often. <laughs> but Aloro, Ageless Aesthetic, is a three colorless and Esper that is white, blue, black for a four or five legendary creature giant soldier. None of that matters. At the beginning of your upkeep, you gain two life. Also doesn't matter. When you gain life, you may pay one. If you do, draw a card and each opponent loses a life. 
Continuing the train also doesn't matter. Here's where it matters. He effectively has eminence to some extent. Uh, actually, just it does have eminence. At the beginning of your upkeep, if a Loro Ageless Ascetic is in the command zone, you gain two life. So, um, this is a weird build of this, I gotta be honest. So, why don't you yeah, dive yeah. into kind of the, the, the tiered system of how you put this together? Yeah, so when I first built my first couple decks, as you guys know, I like to build top down. And so I wanted to where the commander is the centric focus and then we go down from there. But then I started to see whether it was my Karametra Angel Elves deck that we did in episode two, or even like my Kalia deck that we haven't talked about yet. Um, once they kind of shut down that commander, it just, the deck didn't work. Mm -hmm. It didn't do anything. It was a lot of hopes and prayers. Um, and so I built this deck with like four different sub themes, <laughs> thinking that loosely, as we go down the line, if you continue to shut it down, I have backups to the backup. So the first one is I'm gonna win off of life manipulation, whether my life total gets humongous or your life total goes to nothing. Second win con was going to be, I'm gonna mill you out. I have a mill sub theme in the deck. Third kind of theme was going to be kind of this prison pillow fort, you can't hurt me. And eventually we get to one of these other themes. And then lastly, I have a smash face theme in the deck. Uh, Which is the I weirdest, say, every, I think all of the other ones make some semblance of sense when you look at how the deck is built and, and supposed to operate in quotations. The last one, when I was yeah. looking through it, I was like, does this deck swing? It's very strange. <laughs> Yeah, it is very, very strange. Um, and I think an interesting thing to this, as we talk about this is the month of commanders we don't care about, mm -hmm. you know, whether they we cast them or not, Holoro literally fits that to the T, even if you rely on his ability. Right. Because you gave the two life, even if he's in the command zone. So literally, if I cast Aloro in a game, it's like, wow, Mr. Combo has no other moves. I, I think I think I I think I've seen I've seen this deck a handful of times because you have had it so so long. Um, and it's interesting because you actually looks like you've been you've been updating it, right? Like, um, which is cool, right? Like you're you're still. You know, I'm sure you're opening these cards. It's not like you're putting in sure. hundreds of dollars, but you know, a few, no. a few uncommon here, maybe a bulk rare there. Yeah. Um, but I think the way that I've seen the times I've seen this deck play, I think I actually have seen you cast Aloro at least once, and you're because you're yeah. just literally like. I mean, like, do the thing where you look at your hand, like, I would shuffle my cards, you don't do that. You look at your hand, look at the board, look at your hand, look at the board, like, look longingly at the top of your library, and you're like, here's here's a four or five with no evasion for six. Uh, suck on that. Uh, but yeah, so, like, I think that the, I think that the three, your three original ideas are a little more present, and as we talk through the deck, are going to be ones that maybe we'll, we'll dive a little bit more into, and maybe find ways that you can really, you know, flex that, that muscle there. Yeah, no, for sure. And so when we kind of go over to the CMC of the deck, another reason why it's extremely slow. It's a 372 with, get this, only 33 lands. Bonkers. Yeah, that's, uh, that is, uh, that is so funny uh, how, and it's the, the land thing, and we've talked about this when we've looked at decks that we built in the past. We're like, yeah, we'll just get to it, right? Not knowing that yeah. you actually need to hit your land drops or else you're just dead in the water, yeah. right? Um, yeah, I, I think it's interesting that the curve for this deck, I don't, I don't think it matters so much, right? Like because you're probably, you're probably only going to be doing like one or two things a turn anyways. So yeah, it's not like you need to have like a, a 2.8 in a Loro Esper mill deck, right? 
sure. But it would be nice to be at like closer to three, like a 3.3, 3.4, somewhere around there, maybe have 35 lands. Because then it's yeah. like, well, at least I can play something opposed to like, I have a handful of seven drops. Right, exactly. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> So uh, when we kind of look at the color breakdown, of course, me and Big Tuck have talked about this when we first built decks. It was like, let's do an even distribution of yep. all the mana, uh, even though this deck really doesn't need a whole lot of blue, yet I have a blue even number. Um, I actually have more black pips in the deck, mm -hmm. but only by three than my white. So those are pretty, pretty close on, but yeah, it could definitely use to cut out some of the snow-covered islands, maybe even go down to two, sure. and then put those three into other basics for the planes and swamps. Well, and, and, to, and to be fair to you, this deck's budget is between like five to $700, depending on where you're looking, right? And this, I think, yeah. I think this might be a new record for you of literally the most budget land base I think I've ever seen you put into a deck. There's not a duel to be seen, there's not a shock land, well, there's one shock land, no fetches, none of that stuff so i, I gotta give you the tip yeah. of the hat that you haven't gone through and completely rejiggered that yeah i mean honestly like one of my most expensive lands is city of brass mm -hmm. which is great yeah. but also 12 dollars, right sure. so as far as lands, exactly. as far as lands go pretty budget all right, well, uh, let's let's get into this guy. Let's start with the Rampant Grain build. So the first one I want to talk about is one of my favorite cards in the deck. Uh, he is a unique creature type because he is a Rhino Monk. So three, two, one. Rock's Rock Fate Mender. Creature Rhino Monk. He's a rare. He's a one five. Ka. Joke's on you. I can actually read it. Uh, <laughs> lifelink. Damage dealt by this creature. Don't need to read that because everyone knows what lifelink is. Uh, more importantly, if you would gain life of any kind, you gain twice that much life instead. Rox has so lived long enough to retire from our war, lend support with their extensive knowledge of combat injuries. Pretty good. Ooh. So is there a Rox battle rhino like one that's like a soldier or whatever well interestingly enough the first rocks used to actually be played quite a bit back in the day because it had an ability i think it was like a three colorless green green for a three five or a four three or something like that but it, it when it attacks it can assign damage as though it's not blocked and then for a green, you can regenerate. So similar to like the thorn elementals of years past, Roxes are kind of mm. like this. They're kind of like orcs in the sense where they're they can be battle ready, um, but they can also be like bounce commanders, like Rune of the Hidden Realms. I think is also a Rox, which is kind of nuts. Interesting, Rox interesting. A, yeah, I'm looking five, at them on five. Google. There's a lot of them. Ooh, very good. So uh, yeah. the one comment, obviously this card's amazing. The one comment I want to make on it, it's a rare from M15. It's been around four dollars and fifty cents. Yeah, that that really shocks me. I don't think I paid four fifty for this card. Uh, I mean, look, it's great. It has a fat butt. Yeah. I think CMC wise, it's fair mm -hmm. uh, for what it does. Uh, but gaining twice that much life instead isn't like absolutely game breaking by any stretch of the imagination. Agreed. I think, and I think one of the reasons why it is so expensive is because if you are running like a death in taxes or life gain, life loss, it's an auto include. Cause you're going to, well, and you're going to be playing those in white guarantee it. Right. So it's sure. like, okay, here you are. Like, here's your $5 card. That's effectively just uh -huh. as valuable as a soul ring in this deck. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I mean, I guess if you think about it, this is just a creature version of, is it Boone? It's the white. Yeah, I think, boon. yeah, Boon Reflection. Yeah, good call. There we go. Yep. 
Well, it's not boon reflection. Hmm. You're right. Is it? Yeah. Boon reflection? Yeah. You sure? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Your all's voice is going higher. I'm going to laugh a little bit. Yeah. Oh, you've been working on that. Right. That's a book in the last two years. Well, Big Tuck, what's your second card? Oh, uh, well, my second card is the opposite, where it actually incentivizes you to pay life for an advantage. So we're Ooh. talking about one of Mr. Combo's favorite cards and one of the ones that he kind of took a bath on inadvertently. Legendary yeah. artifact, is this one yours too? No, it's not. Oh, okay. Well, it's Bullets to Citadel. Yeah, this card makes me sad in this deck because it should be so good, but every time I get it, I can never have the mana to cast it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that does add up. So this is uh, it's a legendary artifact from War of the Spark. It's incredible. Three colorless triple black, which we are a little short on, to be fair. Um, to be yeah. fair, there you go, Letterkenny <laughs> fans out there. All right, so <clears throat> you may look at the top card of your library at any time. You may play the top card of your library if you cast a spell this way, pay life equal to its converted cost rather than pay its mana cost. And then there's some text at the bottom, which has no relevance in the stack at all. So you guys can go look it up if you're so inclined. Now, <laughs> if I remember correctly, this is the promo version that you bought like five of for like $5 a piece or something. Yeah. Which granted, you didn't really lose any money on and it's a great card, but I think I agree yeah. with you. We all looked at this and we're like, this is bonkers. And it truly is. Uh, we've seen this good. We've seen this go out of hand and some too many decks. too many decks too many yeah decks. edgar markov is the one that comes to mind the most for me um so yeah i think this is i think this is something that's interesting and we might get into it later but i think this i think one downfall of this deck is like your life total could get so inflated that you just kind of become a target right yeah where people are like okay i'm at 40 you're at 48 he's at 38 you're at 32 even though mr combo doesn't have the board presence i'm just going to go in because he's the highest life total Yep. So this is like a card that I, yeah. this is a card that you can kind of start chipping away at your own for a little bit, assuming you can cast it. But to play Bolus's Advocate, um, if you have a Bolus's Citadel on the table, that makes you a target, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what your life total is, because uh, you could rip a counter spell off the top at any time right. and just pay one to three life. Mm -hmm. So um, I, look, I love the card, and I think in Sir Nathaniel's uh, Aloro deck, this card would wreck because Nathan truly built his Aloro deck to be a life gain type matters deck. Sure. To where his life total would get 70, 80, 90. It'd get humongous. Right. Um, this card does a lot for that. In, in mine, since I'm doing all of these sub-themes, I'm like Johnny Depp. I can't decide to just wear one bracelet. I need to wear all the bracelets. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> um, that's where Bolus of Citadel, to me, it's it's not that great of a card in this deck, right. even though if you took this card and put it in my Atraxa Super Friends deck, it's an all-star mm -hmm. because that deck's coming off so hard and fast. Right. And it's like, I know the things I'm ripping off the top are going to get me to an infinite combo and I'm going to win the game. Oloro, it's like, cool, I could spend like 15 life and get some stuff. Right, yeah, I guess I'm, I guess I'm like, oh, I'm a turn ahead of people. Uh, the last yeah. thing I'll say about this is actually about Johnny Depp. Did you know he has a $60,000 a month wine habit? Yeah, you know, I think you've brought that up in the past. Really? Um, and I still don't believe you. I, hey, look, hey Johnny, just, send me a bottle. Just Yeah, one. exactly, our, just our one. old pal Johnny. So anyways, Bullet here, Citadel, here. quality card, but uh, maybe he pissed off the best of this deck. Yeah, and last thing on Johnny Depp, what we don't realize is that sixty grand a month is only for one bottle. Oh, he's a connoisseur. All right, 
so the next card I want to talk about is a card that pairs very nicely with Rock's Faith Mender. Um, it also has a big butt, and I would guess it's probably in your wall deck. One, two, three. Wall of Reverence. Ah! There we go. Uh, it is not three color three color white creature spirit wall. One, six. Ah! <laughs> You're quick. Uh, it is not an Arcades because there is no power in that deck. So Defender flying. <laughs> um, at the beginning of your end step, you may gain life equal to the power of target creature you control. The lives of elves are long, but their memories are even longer. Even after death, they do not desert their homes. So before we dive into the card, though, question. I'm sure you have another wall in that Arcades deck that's just meh. Wouldn't this just be better even if you're only gaining one to three power, so the one reason, to three life? The reason why it's I don't like it as much is because of the cost. So I would rather have a card that's like an 07 for two or something like those lines than a 1-6 for four. There's just a, I think there's oh. just better options out there that are a little cheaper that can get you that card draw and that sort of thing. So, so you don't think you have any four drops in that deck that are just like chaff? Like, meh, you're, it's all right. I don't know. I haven't played that. that that's, that, that, yeah, that's more kind of what I'm curious on. Because if yeah. you have one that's just like a a, a zero eight, right? For and four. it has defender, and like it enters battlefield, and draws a card. It's like, well, would you rather have that, or would you rather have a one six that has that's flying, one, yeah. and maybe you gain one to three I, life? I, I don't know. I've just had wall, I've had wall of reverence in there before, and I can't remember if I took it in or took it out. So could I? I, I just don't remember because I've cut. I made a lot of cuts from that deck, so. But uh, no, I love this card uh, because I do actually have some big uh, chested beasts in this deck, sure. not the creature type. Um, and so typically when Wall of Reverence is out, I'm gaining at a minimum four to sure. seven life. Um, and it feels real good because then if you get Rock's Faith Mender out there, which of course, Magical Christmas Land, you're now gaining like eight to 14 life. Right. Uh, and I think again to the point of uh, this deck kind of takes a while to get the ball rolling. So being being able to have something that can block those flyers, those drakes, those ogres, those beasts easily will help deter people sure. from trying to attack you while you're at your 46, 50 life. Yeah, no, I completely agree. All right. Well, I think that was your last one. I'm, I'm done. I'm done, Zos. You are done. Uh, well, obviously, you know, I had to talk about them. Uh, it's a Planeswalker. You guys know I have a hard-on for it. Uh, the most overrated Planeswalker in all of EDH, in, hands down. In Commander. Uh, Jace the Mind Sculptor. Two yes. colorless, blue-blue. He's a mythic for $89. It's absurd. Good God. <laughs> and I, I, I'm so happy that I've literally only ever bought one in my entire life, yet I own, like, five, yeah, I right. think. Well, <laughs> we were talking about how, like, this came off of Double Masters because you got one... You op I know you bought one a million years ago, right? Back yep. like back before they started reprinting them. But you got you cracked one out of Eternal Masters, right? So that that's this one. I cracked one from Double Masters. I got one from a Mythic Edition, and then I have my original foil that I bought. But the foil one I bought was the uh, is it the from the Vault series? Yes. Yes, so it's actually cheaper than the original printing, I think, in Visions? Is it Visions? Uh, the original one was in... wasn't Visions. It might have been 20... Uh, I don't know. I'll look that up, and you continue, okay. you continue with the description, because there's a lot to read. <laughs> Yes, there is. Uh, so this Planeswalker can do, comes in a three loyalty and plus two. Look at the top card of target player's library. You may put it on the bottom of that player's library. 
Sure, fine, I guess. Uh, really, the reason he is good and why he's $89, which is stupid, but it's the reason. Uh, for zero, Brainstorm. Yep. Draw three, put two cards from your hand on top of your library in any order. Free Brainstorm every turn for four mana. So in theory, you have to keep him around for four turns to get your money sure. back. Minus one, bounce a creature to its owner's hand, which is nice because it is any creature. So if someone, I don't know, uh, Dryad Arbors, your, mm -hmm. I guess it would be a forest at that point. Uh, Dark Steel mutation. Insect. Mutation. Dark Steel Mutation, your commander or something like that, then sure, you can bounce it back and you got them. Right. Uh, minus 12 could be relevant. I don't know, though. Mm -hmm. um, exile all cards from target player's library, then that player shuffles his or her hand into his or her library, basically giving them a one to probably five clock, yep. somewhere in there. You're obviously not going to pick the person with unlimited hand size <laughs> and 29 cards. Uh, or maybe you are. I don't know. Um, but that's actually relevant somewhat. I've never done it ever with a Jace. But this deck does have this pillow fort, big butts, life game thing. Right. So I could just choose not to swing forever and just keep ticking up Jace and in 17 turns <laughs> kill one person. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and again, I think he's even though he's overrated in Commander, he still is a good card. So the fact that he does clear out your draws and could potentially return a creature that can save you um, that sort of stuff. I think he kind of has a place. Again, if you lean more on the Pillow Forty life gain, life loss, that minus twelve is going to really add up, um, and you you might be able to get there without him getting knocked out and killed immediately. World Wake. That's right. Yep. Same one as Stoneforge so, yeah. Mystic. Ooh, there you go. Yeah, because I think the World Wake copy that's foil is yeah, like TCG player four hundred and eighty nine. Oh my goodness! The first printing. Yeah, it's crazy expensive. So, the, yeah, the From the Vault 20 you can get for $72. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> great. So. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up the green bill. Now we're going to head over to that hops. Tuck, what you got? So this is a new cycle of cards that I don't think we're seeing enough play in Commander. There's... Ooh, yeah. Oh, I guess we are. I guess we are going to hear about it. Yeah. Look, at those, look at those eyebrows yeah. go. Ready? <laughs> I'm like I'm like Dwayne the Rock Johnson over here. Three, two, one. Helios Intervention! Intervention is a instant for X and White Whites. Take it away. I let you have it. Choose one. Destroy X target artifacts and or enchantments. Target player gains twice X life. Oof. The best part about this card, I think, is A, starts with the price. You have literally the most expensive copy you can buy. That's a full art foil and it's two dollars yep. and 46 cents so this we've talked a lot about on this podcast how modularity is so important so in my opinion i think the fact that this card um has the ability to have that huge bump up to four or five artifacts right as long as you're getting two you're getting your money's back right because two is crushing mm -hmm. for two for four mana you get your crush contrabands return to dust um in this deck obviously the gaining twice life with your rocks faith vendor and all these other things can bounce out i honestly think that that's still relevant in a lot of decks right like you there's been times where you just get mauled right you just get whomped yeah. on and you're like if i had 10 more life then I can make it through, right? So I, that buys me an extra turn. I can effectively time walk against this, right? So you wait till you get attacked. They attack you for the exact amount to kill you. Psych! And then you get to go again. 
Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, basically, me and Ultra Budget Brews from EDH Rec had this conversation uh, back in January, February, where basically for three mana, you just have a one mana worse disenchant. Right. One additional, you break even, double disenchant. But then for each one you pay beyond four, you're getting better value out of it. Um, and it can literally be to where the entire game, you've never had targets. Maybe someone plopped down to where all their enchantments have shroud. Sure. Maybe all the artifacts are indestructible. And it's like, I can't do anything with that. But this card, once again, still has another purpose because now, oh, you thought you swung in to kill me and left yourself exposed. I'm going to gain... 10, I'm going to put 10 into this, right. and I'm going to gain 20 life. Exactly. You know, suck it. And you're like half, and back, especially and you're half it, back to your normal life total, right? So, Yep, and probably they've swung out, and now you'll just kill them with, with no blocks. Exactly. And, and, it, and, and like you said, it feeds into that cycle, because I'm looking at Nylea's intervention, the green mm -hmm. one. It search your library for up to X land cards, reveal them, put them into your hand, where it's land, right. and go get anything you want. And then the other one to where it's like, well, I don't need to ramp. Well, it deals twice X damage to each creature with flying. Oh, There's yeah. always flyers that are extremely annoying. So I agree. The interventions need to be played more frequently more, than they are. Way more frequently than they're playing, so... Um, the, I think the, I have all three of the ones that are colorful in one deck that we'll talk about when we talk about decks that need their commanders to operate. Ooh. Mm. Coming in the future. Yeah. Future. future. <laughs> Post-apocalypse. All right. So uh, my second card is, of course, the other Jays, but this one actually feeds into mm -hmm. the mill theme. So, and... <sighs> I mean, nine bucks for the best copy I can get? That's not That's bad. A great deal. Jace Memory Adept. Oh, yeah. Three colorless, blue, blue. He's a mythic. He comes in with four loyalty. <laughs> uh, plus one. Draw a card. Target player puts the top card of his or her library into his or her graveyard. So in theory, guys, this can actually feed in with Mind Sculptor to where, okay, I plus two. I look at Squee McGee's library. Whoa, that's that's a that's a crater hoof. Well, let's just go ahead and leave that on top, and then I'll plus and make him put it into his graveyard, opposed to it just going to the bottom of the library, right. where maybe he could worldly tutor or you know some other gross thing with all the, the money he has now from his box of gold um, zero which is once again what I do with Jason Mind Sculptor I zero him all the yep. time Jason Memory Adept I zero all the time yep. target player puts the top 10 cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard that is disgusting yeah, it's, so the I run this in my discard deck and that's or in my mill deck rather and that's what it always is it's like you're like okay I'm playing a Jace okay great they're like guys okay we got turn we got to turn do something it's like okay you mill 10 and they're like, okay, so is he like going to be dead next turn? It's like, no, I'm just going to do it again. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think that's to where I think a lot of people talk about it's hard for Mill to work in Commander before Jumpstart, because obviously that new Mono Blue Commander is bananas right, for, right, right, for yeah. a Mill deck. Uh, but traditionally, it's easier to Mill yourself because you're milling 96, no, 94 cards. Yeah. No, ninety-three cards. Nope, ninety-two cards. Wait, no, it's ninety. No, Just, no, no, it's ninety-one cards because your deck has ninety-nine in it, and then your first turn you draw, uh, you draw a card off the top. So you'll have eight in there hand. You go. There it is. Yeah, ninety-one. Yeah. So ninety-one cards. It's easier to mill ninety-one than quick math two hundred and seventy-three. Boom. Uh, so. It's very innocuous when you start doing the, the 10 here, 10 here, because your opponents are like, well, if he starts just coming at me multiple turns, then I'm going to I'm gonna do something about right. it. But if he hits me, then he hits the player to my right, hits the player to my left, maybe he hits himself, 
sure, that doesn't really bother me. Well, minus seven, any number of target players each draw 20 cards. I've never been able to do it. <laughs> I would love to do it. But these just kind of set up really nice to where if I'm doing the plus for a little bit and then maybe I zero for a little bit and I just kind of hover around that seven, right. eventually I'm going to be able to mill people to the point to where it's just like, hey, all of you guys draw 20 and everyone draws 20 and it's like, oh God, I either got one card left in my deck or two or I have no exactly. cards left in my deck. I am screwed. And it's like, yep. And, Memory ate that baby. And everyone, and everyone plays him for the zero ability, right? But I think it is still mm -hmm. nice to have another card draw that's pretty innocuous on the battlefield, right? Especially if you're like, yeah. okay, I promise I won't mill you guys. So I'm just going to try to draw a card because I'm short on a land. I'm short on a black because I can't even cast my commander. <laughs> Whatever, right? So, um, yeah. again, I don't. he's probably one of the Jaces that's played the least, but he's really, really good in the decks that need him. Yeah, and I think he's the, the last thing I'll probably say. The reason he's probably played the least is five mana is a lot for what he yes. does. So he is definitely a Jace guy. To where if you want to play Jace, because I know there is a following of people that like to play Jace, I am one of them. Um, he is a underpowered Jace. Yeah. Memory Adep hits the battlefield. You're gonna get a different reaction than a Mind Sculptor or really any of even the uh, the copy Jace from uh, uh, Araska. Excellent. Yeah. There we go. Key uh, can go infinite on his own. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you definitely want to play a power level five to six in your playthrough, sure. Memory Eight Up's a great one to pick up. Well, Tuck, what's your next one? Uh, so I have uh, a cre I have a creature to talk about, which I think plays a good utility in this deck, and it's a creature you don't really see a lot. Um, I want to talk about the one of the latest Titan cycles, if you will, our old pal Noxious Gearhulk. So Noxious Gearhulk is four black black for a mythic artifact creature construct. It's a five four with menace. When it enters the battlefield, you may destroy another target creature. If a creature is destroyed this way, you gain light equal to its toughness. Um, so I like this card a lot. Um, I think it's probably underplayed for two reasons. One, the argument is that it's probably a little overcosted compared to like yeah. Grave Titan, for example. Um, and two, four dollars for a mythic rare is kind of pushing it. But I think in a deck like this, this is where this sort of card really shines, right? Like we talked about how you do have a need to beat face at some point, right? A 5-4 yeah. with Menace is not the greatest, but still will be able to get damage through to somebody, right? Um, and more importantly, sure. it's just, our worst case, another blocker that can block beasts. Uh, it can block, you know, elves. It can block bears, whatever the case may be. So you're trading, sure. you're trading up a little bit for what is effectively a murder with a huge upside with it, yeah. with a creature. Murder being the most generic card that you should never play in a deck. Ironically, the one right above this in the listings. Um, but that's, <laughs> so that's why I like it, right? And I'm guessing the reason why this is in the deck because you opened one and you're like, yeah, I just need another creature in this deck. Well, because you do gain life, oh, great and so yeah. it. Yeah, it, it does fit into that, and it fits into, like, the Wall of Reverence. Mm -hmm. It does have a big enough chest where I play it, I gain some life off what it kills, and then I'm gaining life at the end of my turn. Right. So I'm, I'm getting a little bit of trade, but you know what? If you if there was a 4-CMC... Hell, yeah, if there's a 4-CMC removal spell, just destroy target creature, gain life equal to its toughness, I'd probably play right, that right, instead. Right, 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 right. Just, just being honest, um, but it, it is kind of cool to see and play it. But yeah, if I'm going to try to get this deck 
cut the fat out of the top, right. um, this would definitely be one of the first ones on the chopping sure. board. Sure, yeah, and I mean, like, that, like, cutting this, even cutting this in half to a three-mana removal spell or something along mm -hmm. those lines would make an impact on the on the average pretty, pretty big. So, uh, my last one would actually feed into why I should keep a Noxious Gear Hulk around, because it's part of my combat-centric piece of the deck, but a lot of people think of this as just combat for your side. Mm. It also does combat on everyone else's turn. We're talking a target promo, because this is where I picked up all of mine, Angelic Skirmisher. So. Yeah, it, it was in like those clear boxes oh. where they'd have like the packs on each side. Right. There was always an Angelic Skirmisher promo in there. <laughs> <laughs> Bulk rare. I love the card though. Sure. Uh, so it's four colorless, white, white, basically the parallel to Noxious Gearhold. Right. Creature Angel, four, four, flying. And the great thing about it, and Big Tuck, I believe you have made this mistake before. At the beginning of each combat, choose First Strike Vigilance or Lifelink creatures you control, gain that ability till end of turn. A lot of people think that is just on your turn. Facts. Hashtag <laughs> can, oh. can confirm. <laughs> a keen mind wields an army as a deft hand wields a sword. I wish it would have been something a little less like combative, like a deft hand, like a deft artist welds a paintbrush. I think that'd be a little more poetic for an angel, but what am I to say? <laughs> <clears throat> you know, what, what, what do we yes. know yeah, about, about the angels and their and their uh, muses? But yeah, I love this card. Traditionally, how I play this card, and I actually play this in a few different decks, guys, is beginning of my combat, I'm going to pick Vigilance mm -hmm. every single time without fail. I swing in with the creatures that I can get through, or I know even if they block, it doesn't matter. But then during everyone else's turn, I evaluate their board state because before they declare blockers or anything, I have to choose my mode. And so it's like, okay, uh, it's Squee McGee and it's a Reese. He's just gonna swing like 25 one one elves. I got like three blockers and he's decided, you know what? I'm cool dealing 17 damage because uh, Mr. Combo's at 55, right. you know, and I'm cool losing three creatures. So then it might be like, okay, I'm gonna pick lifelink. Exactly. I'm gonna gain a little bit of that life back, but I'm still gonna lose some. Or it could be Big Tuck with his like allies deck and maybe they're, cause I mean, four four is not like that big. Right. And so maybe a bunch of his allies are four fours, three threes. Okay, I may have to pick first strike just to be able to block or at least deter him from Correct. attacking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it offers tons of utility um, and I think if we pivoted away from a combat deck, I'm borderline I'd still want to keep her in here just because if I just sit back and do nothing I can pick lifelink each time and it's like hey you can hit me but I'm going to gain a lot it's, of it back I agree and I think that I think that's like really the reason why I think this card versus some other cards that do a similar thing are so important if it was like first strike vigilance or reach I'd be like, ah, sure. I don't know so much, right? Because again, like that's a lot more combat focus. But the fact that you can just give this broad lifelink to your crew um, is really important. And also on the face, effectively, if you're thinking about it, you're playing four for what is going to be a four-four flying vigilance lifelink, right? Like on, sure. on a four-four flying vigilance, and then on your opponent's turn is a four-four flying with lifelink. You know what I mean? So yeah. like on its own, it's enough. Um, top that off with like we talked about the the Rock's Faith Mender, the other things in your deck that care about gaining life. This can actually start to stack up pretty quick. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. Well, what is your last hops card? So this is a new one, which I'm excited to see, uh, and also is a pretty bonkers uncommon. So we are talking about Psychic Corrosion. 
So this is real stupid. It's real dumb. <laughs> uh, two colorless and a blue. Whenever you draw a card, uh, it's an enchantment. It's an uncommon. Whenever you draw a card, each opponent puts the top two cards of their library into their graveyard. Uh, to break another's mind is deliver a fate worse than death. It's a terrifying power, your boy Jay Spelleron. So there's yeah. there's not a ton of draw in this deck. Usually in Esper, you see a little yeah. bit bigger of a package, which is something maybe to look at to lower the to to curve out. But still, even like we talked about with either of the Jaces. So if you have both your Jaces out, you're drawing effectively four cards a turn. So you're milling both your all your opponents eight, which is quick maths, Mister Combo. Oh, uh, wasn't listening. It's okay. 24, <laughs> 20, thank, thank you, thank you for caring. Uh, 24 <laughs> cards a turn. So even if, because mill is kind of the secondary as opposed to the tertiary, yeah. um, deck, you're going to be doing at least six cards every turn on top of the other effects that you have in here. So, um, sure. I, it's kind of like a set it and forget it. And the other thing we talk a lot about like threat assessment and threat levels and this deck, cause you're not drawing piles of cards over and over again. Um, it's probably going to hang out for a while until you're ready to kind of yeah. get the, the things in order. Whereas if I play this in like a say Nekuzar deck, then people are immediately going to be like, no, this thing has to die or else we're just going to get milled out in like two turns. Well, and the and the reason I wasn't paying attention on that math problem is I was like, wait a minute, is this in uh, my Zerus who led all these mother snakes on this mother plane deck that we did uh, a while back? And it's not in that deck. Really? And I don't know why. That would be a slam dunk yeah. because that's going to force. Oh man, because I'm going to draw nine, they draw nine, I make nines or however many snakes, and then, oh, that nine makes everyone mill 18. Oh, that seems just rude well, and filthy. Oh, that's right up my alley. And for, unfortunately, uh, you know, it's uh, it's really breaking the budget at 98 cents. So, you know, one of these days, yeah, maybe, maybe you'll get a bonus it. or something, be able to go pick a couple up. Or maybe I could borrow from Squeeze, box of gold, there and, tra go. and trade something the for pot, it. The pot of gold. <laughs> <laughs> awesome yeah no it, it's it's a fringe card i would say for the deck sure. you know but i am known for not having tons of card draw stuff in my decks i think i have a few different ways in the decks to be able to do it but you know i i, I am not one to put mm -hmm. 10 to 15 draw effects in a deck yeah. to me that's just boring i don't want to do that i as much as i am a degenerate i want to win games <laughs> just drawing cards to eventually get to something doesn't, cool doesn't, is doesn't not do my way you. of having no this doesn't do it for me i would rather have like four to five draw spells but then you know the other five to seven slots that would have been draw just different cool sure. things and that's just more entertaining to me uh but it has a mill theme so i kind of have to keep it and like you said i'm probably only drawing one card a turn anyways so people are just gonna it's gonna be like alter the brood to where it's just like oh that's a little annoying right. but do i really want to waste an enchantment removal on this right when i know that he has an infinite combo looming in the deck uh, also uh hashtag the cowards combo if you will but we've talked. We've been talking about that for a long time. <laughs> All right. Well, that's gonna wrap up the hot profile. Now we're gonna head over to how the deck maybe wins games and yeast. Hmm. The question is: Did you get in my mind, or did I mind grind you? The first one's mind yeah. grind. Uh, X and Demir, blue black. It's a sorcery at two dollars and fifty cents. But this card. 
It doesn't sound like a game winner, but you have to understand, I'm only playing this turn 12 to yes, 15. Exactly. And I'm pouring everything I have into X. Each opponent reveals cards from the top of his or her library until she, he, he or she reveals X land cards, then puts all cards revealed this way into their graveyard. X can't be zero because you have to understand people are drawing cards anyways. Right. People are filtering their decks. And if it's by turn 10 to 12, I've also probably done some milling right. of some aspect, which we'll get to there. And they've played their lands per turn. So unless I just got unlucky and I have this card late game and it's, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's the goads goad deck, and for some reason he's just missed his land. Drops. Right, right, right. Sure, you could get very unlucky. I'm banking on the fact that the other players I'm playing with are playing decent decks, and they probably have ten to twenty lands out. They have probably been milled some of those lands, so I could do X for ten, and it's just they lose. Right. Yeah. It's just done. I agree, and it's like, and the reason why this again is so expensive is because like this is one of the premier mill cards in the format, and it's only been printed once. So uh, I, I, I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head on every single aspect of it. Pretty much just being like, you were not. Ca this is again, it's like the same thing as like torment to hail of fire or you know vicious vicious or uh, villainous wealth you're not cast it's not gonna be yeah. like x for three it's gonna be x for like yeah. literally everything you have and the game is over well in our defense it could be x for three if coward forest or coward joe ever show up with their tatiova decks oh 100 yeah, x for, sure. for three absolutely so yes my grind just is for great. being dj definitely, definitely one of the uh definitely one of like the bigger ends of the milling on the deck that you got Got it. Well, what is your next so, one, or what is your first I, one? I'm actually going to keep on the milling train and stay in the same colors. So we're going to be talking about mm. a little skittery boy that we've seen play. You know this guy. You can hear him coming from miles away. Uh, we might have talked about him earlier on the show, but he definitely deserves a mention here. We're talking about our pal, Consuming Aberration. Holy this card is so cow. good. Three colorless, uh, black blue, star star creature horror. It's a rare. Luckily, it's under the budget. The foil version's only about two bucks. Consuming Aberrations, power and toughness are equal to the number of cards in your opponent's graveyards. Blockers on its own. Whenever you cast a spell, eat not a spell, not a non-creature, not an artifact, a spell. Each opponent reveals cards from the top of his or her library until he or she reveals a land card, then puts those cards into his or her graveyard. It's absurd. Just gets bigger. And we are, like, I just don't think this card is played enough, right? Like, granted, it really fits like a mill theme, but the upside of it is so big. Like you said, people are gonna be burning fetch lands and removal spells and you know, creatures die to a board wipe, and then this thing can come out. And I don't think I've ever cast a spell where it's below uh ten ten. Yeah. I know I'm wow. not think I've ever seen it below that, right? For five. That has a stacked ability on top of it. Now, granted, this is not the deck where you're gonna be dropping five, ten, fifteen spells a turn or whatever. Or really, <laughs> let's be honest here, more than two late game. But even then, it's that still that incidental thing, right? Um, and if you pair this up to a card talked about earlier, Wall of Reverence, that's an easy way to gain 30 life, right? Yeah. 
Well, and so the kind of funny thing about this card is that this guy gets huge enough to where if you can give it some sort of evasion, right. you can just one-shot someone. Oh, for sure. But the hilarious thing is once you one-shot them, it gets oh. smaller because you lose their graveyard. So it's like, oh, I hit you for 70. And they're like, oh, I die. And you're like, wait, he's now 20. <laughs> Especially to your point uh, of like when you're focusing on one person for a mill, right? Just like prove a point. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's funny. I never thought about that. So, but no, this card's great. I do think it's underplayed. I think the only reason it's probably not seen in more Demir or Demir shared colored decks is because it doesn't have any evasion. Right. And, and you know, it, granted, if they gave it Trample, they'd probably have to make it seven oh, mana. Oh, for sure. Minimum. And this thing, you know, I mean, um, this card might as well, this card might as well, like, have the same text and at the bottom of it say, can only be blocked by tokens. <laughs> you know, or like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, because that's literally what yeah. happens. Like, Sure. All right. Great. Can only be blocked by creatures with CMC zero. <laughs> exactly. Like. All right. Well. Adios, Ornithopter. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think if there would be. Do you think like fear would be too strong? I think so. I think it'd have to be something like. Because because fear would be a shared color, so it'd be blue, black, or artifact. I think it like so that's like three things. <sighs> The only one that they would do, because they're not doing fear anymore, I could see would be like Menace. Because that's effectively this. It's it's sort of, it's like the same thing, right? Like it's either going to be blocked okay. by one token or one shot blocker or two. So I think like sure. that would be good. I think that would be good enough. If they gave it evasion, they'd probably have to make it like four, like six or seven mana. Um, so with all that in mind, for five mana, I really think you get a lot of bang for your buck, especially in a deck. I mean, this is like the best blocker in the deck potentially, right? Like even not even thinking on yeah. the offense. No, you're absolutely right. And my next card literally feeds into Consumer Aberration, has that huge butt. And I'm like, well, it doesn't make sense to swing. I'll keep it back as a blocker. When you have a Phoenix, God of Deception out, uh, it's real good. So Phoenix, three colorless Demir, blue, black. It's a four, seven legendary enchantment creature, God, uh, indestructible. And as my devotion, which is basically your pips on your permanents, uh, to blue and black combined is less than seven. Phoenix is just an enchantment, it's not a creature. Right. But it states, eat creatures you control have tap. Target player puts the top X cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard where X is this creature's toughness. So a consuming aberration a lot of times can be 30, 40, mm -hmm. or 50 power uh, or to toughness because it's the same. And like Tuck and I just got done talking about, like if someone has a billion just one one tokens, it doesn't make sense to even swing. I might as well just keep it back as a blocker. Right. And if I have like an angelic skirmisher out, no one's gonna swing because I'm gonna say life link, and they don't want me gaining fifty life. So with a phoenix though, they're at this kind of crossroads to where if we don't force his hand or try to eliminate Mister Combo, he effectively can just mill kill someone. Right each turn because I'm going to tap, mill you for 50, you probably only have 50 cards left in your deck, you die at your upkeep. Boom, Consuming Aberration gets smaller, but I have other things right. to mill other players, so then my next thing, boom, I'm gonna mill you for, maybe it's 38, now you got like six cards left in your deck, what are you sure. gonna do? Um, it, it's it's such a good card, because it literally feeds into Pillow Fort and Mill. And you're also, to again, like completely to your point, 
the fact that you have so many permanents in this deck that are going to feed into the color combinations, a lot of times a 4-7 indestructible is going to be great for blocking, right? Again, that big butt. Um, and again, seven cards at a time is anything to snuff at either. So I yeah. agree. I think it's a really, I think it's a really good uh, inclusion. It's probably, it's oddly, it's $10, which is kind of probably on point because for the most part, this yeah. is only going in like... This doesn't fit into every, like, blue-black deck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But people like Mill, people like Gods, and this deck has uh, has them both. Yeah, absolutely. All right, what is your second East card? So, I'm trying to think of the best way to sequence this, and I think it's going to go like... No, it's going to go like this. So, because of Fainax tapping ability, there's a card in here, which I'm very proud that you have kept in here and slotted in intentionally, mostly because it's price tag. JK's, I want to talk about a little bit of a witness. Witness me. <laughs> we were talking about Evra, Holly Con witness. I... I really need to wear my glasses more because I could have sworn that all these says were Holycron, and I've been completely wrong for many years. Four colorless, white, white. Uh, four, four. It's a rare legendary creature avatar, lifelink, and this is where this gets nuts. Talk about your risk reward. So for four mana, exchange your life total with this creature's power effectively. Light from the Null Moon yep. took form. A Marat. Damn it, I need better glasses. Even with glasses, he can't I know. A mirage made real, alone in grandeur, isolated in the world that once had been its own fall of the Thran. It makes sense because I've had these glasses, I think, for more than five years. So, I like this card for two reasons. Number one is that it's insanity. <laughs> Uh, and number two, it plays so well into all tiers of what we're looking at here, right? Similar to uh, the Consuming Aberration, like, you're going to be at 50 life if you have Phoenix out. Or actually, if you take this in, if you take this in with any of the cards that we've discussed previously, it fits in, right? Yeah. Phoenix, exchange life total, adios, 50 cards or whatever. Nope. No, it's my toughness. It only exchanges with power. Oh, damn it. I do. I guess I'm just stupid. So that's, I thought it was both. Oh, that's interesting. Does this card just suck? No, you're okay. Is it not as good? No, no. No, th this card's great for this deck because of the fact that, in theory, my life total should be higher than 40. I swing with it with a card in the spice package that can give it evasion. And hey, you declare no blockers. We're at the damage dealt stage. I'll pay four mana and make it a 50. Deal 50 to you. Maybe I gain lifelink. I gain the life, but then I pay four to switch it back. And then I'm back to whatever my life total was, and now this is back at 50 power. The only way it can backfire, because technically, guys, you can stack the trigger as many times as you want. So if I exchange my life total, and someone's like, ha, I'm going to, uh, what's the four damage basic lightning bolt? Lightning. Or, I mean, lightning axe is five, I guess, but. All right, so they try to lightning axe me sure. to kill me. You can pay four again to make your life total back to what it was, and you're fine. The only way this can backfire, and you're going to laugh, sudden spoiling. Oh, <laughs> oh Cause then no! I'm stuck. <laughs> oh, yes, because then I am stuck at my life total, and they could just bray at me, and I'm right. dead. <laughs> <laughs> but to, uh, but, but like, like it, it, it's a good, it's a good card. It's just. I think it should probably maybe shift more to the spice, even though in theory I could one-shot right. someone. 
the thought that I'm going to one-shot surprise someone, that's only happening to someone that's either, this is the first time they've ever played Magic in their entire right. life, or they're potentially vision impaired. And, well, oh, yeah, and they need new glasses. Also, no evasion, <laughs> as we talked about. It costs six, yep. um, and there's no chance you're going to be able to do this and do it's a, it's a it's thing on the same turn, right? And give it hate. Yes, somehow. exactly. So, but I will say it does pair extremely nicely with Wall of Reverence as well, because that ability is instant speed. Oh yeah. So, um, because I'm a moron, I thought I was really gonna be able to tie it together to three cards we talked about. Instead, it's just two. But, but still a fun card. They give you one let. Yeah, it's still a fun card, but it does tie to my rocks face. Exactly. Center. Yes. I don't know if you knew yep. this. Yeah, because te technically, guys, if I pay the four and take my 40 life total, let's just use 40, and it goes to uh, Evra, and my life total becomes four, when I pay it again, my life total actually goes up by 80, because my, or sorry, it goes up an additional 36, because I gained 36 life from four, so now I'm at 76. I could pay it, I go down to four, uh, Evra goes to 76, pay it again, I get 76 plus 72. Because any type of life going up is considered life gain, any mm. type of life going down is considered life loss. Interesting little tidbit. That is a very interesting little tidbit. Plus with the life link, you're even going up there. So anyways, I'm very proud of you that having this deck. I wish it was tied into better to Phoenix, but say lovey. Say la vie. Well, uh, it does tie in nice, but actually does get to hit someone with my next card because it. This is one of the few cards in the deck that really need l me to gain a lot of life at some point in the game. And you know, I've kind of briefly mentioned it. I didn't go into ad nauseum about it. Uh, but this deck is just not a great life gain deck at, at its shell. Uh, but command the dreadhorde. Oh. If I can have sixty or seventy life, this is in my opinion, better than Rise of the Dark Realms. So, Command of the Dreadhorde, four colorless black black sorcery, it's from War, it's 60 cents, super cheap. Um, Liliana sees the reins of Boltz's vast army, granting her gritting her teeth behind the chain veil, which is why this card's better than Rise <laughs> of the Dark Realms, because it states, choose any number of target creatures and or planeswalker cards oh, yeah. in any graveyard, and then Command the Dreadhorde deals damage to me, equal to the converted mana cost of those cards, put them onto the battlefield under my control. The fact that I can grab planeswalkers as well, I think it's worth the life loss, and I can do it for three mana less. Uh, yes, uh, agree, agree on all points. And again, in this deck, you're going to be hovering. We've, we've kind of like danced around this a little bit, but every time we've seen this deck, you're not, it's not the deck where you're going up to 80 immediately, right? Like you're always kind yeah. of hovering between your 45 and 60 kind of in that range because people are like, oh, we should attack him because he's getting out of control. Let's knock that back down a little sure. bit. But even then, if it's turn eight or nine, there's been board wipes, there's been people attacking, right? Like you're kind of getting into that like of the game even if you are going down to 20 life and you're you go from the highest to the lowest the amount of value you can pull out of the graveyards for that will put you so far ahead and this is the card that can put you into that winning state a more faster and with the planeswalker caveat more efficiently than rise of the dark realms yeah, and uh, we talked about the Millsub theme. Mm -hmm. It's an, it, this this card and Rise of the Dark Realms are not good cards if you don't have a way to force your opponents to get stuff in the graveyards right. that you actually want. So with me milling people throughout the game, it's like I'm gonna have a treasure chest of just stuff. Right. Even if I cast this on turn six, 
and my deck has done its sub-theme to the way it should be, there should be about 60 cards between everyone's graveyards that I should be able to filter through. Right. And yeah, probably 40 of them I'm not going to be able to cast, but there'll probably be 20 at a minimum. Right. Uh, even if there's only 10, and it's like, well... I'm getting Birds of Paradise, Llanowar Elves. We talked about how I need ramp. Like, I'm yeah, happy right, with yeah, yeah. whatever I get out of anything. Get a Planeswalker so. that, they, that they had to minus, you know, uh, one of the new ones, like the new Baby Narset or something along those lines. Yeah. Sure, why not? Um, it, it's also like, yeah, in that sense, it's also kind of like a weird ramp card, which is interesting, an interesting thought of experiment in and of itself. Cool. Well, what is your last yeast? So this one's kind of basic, um, so we don't need to spend tons of times on it. Uh, you basic. You basic. You basic. Uh, we are talking straight up Keening Stone. So does this card cost Ooh. an almond a leg? Yes. And, or does it cost an almond ket and a leg? <laughs> oh, six colorless for an artifact. Two dollars and twelve cents for a rare. Five colorless tap. Target player puts the X cards of his or her library top X cards into his or her graveyard, where X is the number of cards in that player's graveyard. As it spins... 11 mana, maybe kill yeah. someone. <laughs> As it spins, dead voices shriek in an ever-increasing cacophony. Ooh, love that word. Rendering the minus under. So, again, this isn't... This card is always on the fringe of decks that are mill because it is so slow. But this is like... That yep. fits into this game... The, the game plan of this deck of... Keeping your keeping your mana resources reasonable, drawing a few cards here and there, keeping your life total up, getting up to those higher end stuff where you will be able to do six mana and just blast somebody. Um, yeah, and, and I think to that point, if we once again got rid of this weird sub 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 theme of combat right. and, and put in more ramp or more grains or even just lands at this point. <laughs> I think this is a card that I can go on curve to to where it is turn 11. And it's like, you know what? Uh, I've milled Tuck for probably 40 and he's drawn a bunch of cards. I'll plop it. Act And, and the great thing is, let's say I have a counter spell. I plop it. You're like, oh, no. And it's like, oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> or, or sorry, the Kool-Aid man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Right. Doesn't give him a blade tag. Uh, yeah, and then it's like, well, I'm going to pay five, and uh, you're going to lose the game. I guess on your way out, if you want to destroy it for the benefit of your right. opponents, which Big Tuck would be like, uh, go yeah, suck exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. I so. will gladly shuffle. The only thing that sucks about this card is if you draw it in your opener, usually it's like, ah, oh, that, that doesn't feel great. <laughs> <laughs> but No, I, and you should and you should put it away, but usually you're like, but yeah, one but, day but I could. <laughs> I, have, I have the will that I could be a completely different person in six turns. So Keenstone's just a fun card. Glad to see it in here. Awesome. Well, that's going to wrap up the East Package, guys. Now we're going to head over to the Spicy Mill card. Um, and Big Tuck, why don't you start us off? All right. So this card really should be in the East if this deck is built correctly. But I can understand, I yes. can understand why after our discussions here, it is in the Spice. So we're talking about our old pal, which is bizarrely not legendary, Aether Flux Reservoir. So yeah, it can't be legendary. It's like a water tower. Oh, right. oh supplying okay, it. I see. It's like for all the people yeah. of uh, Kaladesh. Okay, all the people all right. for all for all the peoples, but it kills one person. 
four colorless for an artifact that's seven dollars right now, which is I think the highest I've ever seen it. When you cast a spell, you gain one life for each spell you cast this turn. So enjoy your one life that you're gonna get in this, in this deck, I guess. But more importantly, yeah. pay fifty life. Aetherflex Reservoir deals fifty damage to target creature or player, and like that's where I want to see this deck going. You either pillow fort or whatever, where you know you're milling people away, and there's just that one sob that's waiting in the wings that you just want to blast in the face. Um, so, side note: the funniest thing I've ever seen of this, and I'll make this quick, is back when I was living in Fort Collins. Here we are. Two guys in the playgroup hated each other. One guy, opening hand, uh, forest, burgeoning, land, 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 land. Second turn, Zuran Orb, sacked, uh, tapped all of his lands, floated four, Aetherflex Reservoir, sacked them all, went to 50, blasted a guy for 50. Even though technically that's an illegal thing because you have to pay 50 life, you would die before your oh, ability resolves on the stack. I knew that guy was a freaking cheater. I only remember the guy <laughs> that got blasted because he told us, he talked about it literally every time we played. But anyway, the point being is like this is probably in 90% of uh, Loro decks. I can understand why it's in the spice in this one, but we should, this, should be the, this should be the draw and be like, oh, I'm about to go to town. Well, I think the reason it's probably seven bucks now, to be honest, is like this works in Storm. Mm -hmm. It works in Life Gain. It works in combo yeah. decks. Um, and four mana is very right. cheap for potentially like, hey, I do all this rigmarole. Because the, the coolest thing about Aetherflux Reservoir is when you play it, guys, say you play it as your first spell for the turn and you cast one other thing. That other thing is your second spell and it gains right, you two life. It doesn't have to see each of the spells. So you could storm off and it could just be as lame as, oh, I'm going to like blink this thing infinitely. And you're like, cool, that does absolutely nothing. And then it's like, oh, four mana. And it's like, oh, God, is that Aetherflux? And it's like, yeah. And then I do it again and I gain a thousand right. life. Boom, boom, boom. Everyone's dead. So uh, it, it's a cool card. I, I, It's nice in this deck because when I play it, it freaks everyone right. out and they all want to get rid of it, which it's really not the card they Correct. should be getting right. rid of when it comes to this Aloro build. Uh, so it is a nice deterrent. Well, okay, so that was my crazy one. Uh, what, what do you got for the spice? So I got a card that came out in M21. And once again, this should be like a hops card because I only have to gain one more life to make it work because Aloro gains me two. But I swear this deck sucks, so I just can't get there. Indulging Partition. So Colorless Orzov, uh, that is white and black. It's a creature vampire noble, 1-4, because you know vampires needed more. Right. Uh, and it has flying, it has lifelink, and it says at the beginning of your end step, if you have gained three or more life this turn, each opponent loses three life. So, so I guess in theory, I could gain my two from Aloro, swing this guy knowing that someone either is just going to chump or take the right. one that gets me my three and everyone loses three. Sure. But then I have a tapped one four flyer, <laughs> which I would rather have as a blocker. Right. And I'm not going to get anywhere chipping away for one damage with one creature. Yeah, you just once wait, I, you know you look through and you have a handful of things that are like you know at the beginning of an upkeep the X Y and Z happens and that sort of stuff. So again, I think this card I think this card's really good and where it's really bonkers because it's stupid is the fact that it's a freaking vampire. So of course it's going to go great in Edgar Markov decks because that deck need the backup. And I think, but I think this card is like. 
I think this card is innocuous enough to fly under the radar, and you you only need like one or two more cards to get this consistently every single turn. And again, you know, yeah. it's nine. It's a nine point swing overall, which is a bunch for just a three mana card. And lastly, the last thing I'll say about it is the fact that it's at the beginning of the end step as opposed to upkeep or something like that. This can trigger the first turn it comes down. So the second it comes yeah. down, you can start getting that snowball going, um, especially if you have something that can double damage loss per turn or something along those lines too. Yeah. And just a nibble for now. I wouldn't want to ruin my appetite. Oh, wow. Sensual. So again. How does this keep happening? <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up the spice package. And now, as a reminder, we're going to have over that bottle capping. And that's going to be big tucks and eyes, cuts, and recommendations to the deck that are under $5, under 50 bucks, and a personal no budget. We just can't talk about Underground Sea, for example. That would be, that would be great Topical. on the deck. Um, <laughs> Topical. So I'm going to start it off with. Um, I'm going to cut a Chroma's Memorial. Yeah. <laughs> I am doing the same. Yeah. It makes complete sense. Yeah. Uh, so Chroma's Memorial is seven colorless legendary artifact rare from Future Sight. Yes. Cool. $21.86. Well, pricey. Absurd. Uh, creatures you control have <gasps> flying, first strike, vigilance, trample, haste, protection for black, protection from red. Oh, that yeah, so yeah, you got it. Uh, Second time's a charm, evidently. So, <laughs> it, it's a great card, um, but this was, once again, back in my early building days, to where I actually slotted the Chroma's Memorial into just about every <laughs> deck right. I built, because I was like, oh, this card's bananas, and Commander, I'm always going to get to seven mana, and I plot this down, and I can usually win right. the game. It goes in every single deck. That is not true, kids. <laughs> it does not go in every deck. <laughs> Learn from me. Anything else you want to say on that? Uh, no. <laughs> it's it's going to cut this budget down, and it just like the fact that the fact that you're this is a card that only works for a fourth of the deck, and a deck that doesn't want that fourth to work uh, definitely makes it like an easy cut. Um, also, seven mana for a card that doesn't win you the game outright in this deck uh, it seems a little seems a little heavy. Yeah, so I'm going to actually add it for a card that I think will do something a little bit more consistent, and I believe this is one of your favorite cards from M21. I think I'm going to add a Veto Thorn of the Dust Rose. I hate, I hate this card. <laughs> Two colorless black, legendary creature, vampire cleric. It's a rare. It's a 1-3. Uh, through the blood of the wicked, we shall be redeemed. Let us pray. I mean, come on. He's preaching religion. Oh, is that it? But he also... <laughs> But he also says whenever I gain life, target opponent loses that much Ugh. life. And for three colorless black black creatures, I control gain life link until end of turn. So um, it's nice because he has a little bit of a butt. I'm Holy always gaining butt. two life. So I kind of I kind of look at this as I'm reducing CMC by four. No matter what, every one of my turns, someone's going to lose two life. Mm -hmm. And if I have mana just left over because I can't cast anything, it'd be nice if people swing in and I do have my big butts sure. and little fronts. I could pay three colorless black black and then they gain life link. I block, I gain that life, and then I punish whoever just did well, the swing. And so the thing, I, the thing I hate the most about this deck is that you do have the coward's combo in it, which is the sanguine blonde exquisite blood combo, which is terrible and makes me very upset. However, I will give you credit that you do, you, I think you only have one tutor in the entire deck so you're, you're have two. two okay fair enough even th even then like 
they're not yeah. they're they're not getting this out immediately. So it does make sense. This card does make a lot of sense for all the reasons you said. I still hate it, and I hate this card horribly. And even worse, it's a freaking vampire. So of course it's going to be great in Markov decks. So really, what I'm getting at is the core of your hatred, where it really runs true, is around vampires. You just do not. You are Blade. Yes, is oh what I'm God. hearing right now. I should just think of Blade deck. There actually is a card called Hunt or Forsaken Vampire that's like Angel. Uh, we don't need to get into it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so you're going to cut a Chromos Memorial as well. What are you going to add? It so for? I'm I'm doing one card for each. I was as I was looking through this. Um, I'm going to cut a card that doesn't work in my opinion, and actually, looking at it, all three of them are from the fourth bucket. Oh, So funny. I'm cutting those, and I'm going to add one that feeds into each of the different um, categories that go into it. So this one's going to be your mill add. I think this one's pretty easily. We're okay. going to put in the tutelage of Randy Tutelage. We're going to put in Sphinx's tutelage. So... Two colors Ooh, in the blue. Nice. Um, it's about a buck and a quarter. It's an enchantment that's uncommon. Whenever you draw a card, target opponent mills two cards. If two non-cards, two if two non-land cards that share a color were milled this way, repeat this process. And finally, it has five colorless and a blue. Draw a card, then discard a card. In reality, that last thing is just like if you don't have anything else to do because you just spend pillow fording. Sure, it's rarely used. But moreover, is that. I think you do need a little bit more card draw on this, and even if you have either Jace on it, that's two chances to roll the dice. Especially Ooh, because we have, we have seen a fair amount of people that like playing monocolor decks. Looking at you, Squee. Mm -hmm. Looking at you, Big Tuck. Looking at you, Dan. Looks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I play monocolor decks like, aggressively, but yes, they're out. But, uh, they're, but they're out there, right? Like to your point, people play monocolor decks. So really, this is a good chance to hit that. Moreover, to me, it just kind of continues that thing right if someone's playing a three sure. color deck they're they don't care right you're just going to choose the two color or the or the mono color on top of them most of the time um mm -hmm. so again a little more card draw this card is really going to take off for you and it reduces the similar to the veto it reduces the cmc in more than half you know i would actually i actually kind of like this a little bit more than the psychic corrosion oh okay because at least this has the potential to repeat, right. where psychic corrosion stops right. and it's done. So hmm, that's interesting. I may end up actually swapping psychic corrosion for the this. The only thing I will, the only thing I warn you on is that this one is target opponent. Oh, good so point. Good point. I, like I think I I agree. It kind of works in synchron. It works in synchronized with the other one. But just keep that in mind while you're while you're comparing the two of them. No, no, that's a good point. Um, and, you know, we've talked about it. Sometimes I have not a lot of mana, and all the cards in my hand are too expensive, so I could do the worst uh, looting <laughs> effect <laughs> ever for five colorless in the blue. All right, uh, so for under 50, I'm actually going to cut Heliod, God of the mm -hmm. Sun. If we're diverging away from this combat-centric focus, literally he does nothing uh, at three colorless white, legendary enchantment creature god, mythic, five, six. His devotion has to be five or more, so five or more white pips, indestructible. But his big thing is other creatures you control have vigilance. Like, that's great when I'm swinging every turn, but I'm gonna only probably ever do that if I have the angelic skirmishers of the world out. Or say if I had a Chroma's Memorial still in the deck, sure. Or Mirko Vosk, we never got right. to. Yeah, if I have some of those kind of very particular things, I'm going to swing. But for the most part, I'm probably not. 
but he does have a mana sink, which is nice. Two colorless white, white, put a two, one white cleric enchantment creature token onto the battlefield. Um, his butt doesn't really feed into Fainax's mill because it's one uh, for the clerics. But once again, I just talked, made a case for six mana looting. I guess four mana make a token isn't as bad. But if I'm going to try to get away from this combat mm -hmm. piece, I think cutting Heliod makes the most sense. What do you What do you got to put in? So. We've talked about how I don't need to cast my commander. Sure. Um, he could just chill in the command zone. Don't need to do anything with it. I'm going to add a card uh, that was first printed in Tempest at a cool $34. Ooh. Humility. Oh, yes. Two colorless white-white enchantment mythic. All creatures lose all abilities and have base power and toughness 1-1. One, one. Here's, here's the rigmarole. I'm 100% comfortable having all my creatures get turned into 1-1s one to make everyone else lose abilities and have base power and toughness 1-1 one one because outside of the veto, which I know is part of the hashtag cowards combo, uh, which I didn't even know, honestly, until Big Tuck reminded us hey. just then. Um, yeah, I know. I wasn't a degenerate for once. I just did it because I thought I could take people for two. Um, I, all of the things that, from a life game perspective, work without creatures. Okay. As long as Aloro's in the command zone, I don't care. Right. I'm straight up Black Panthering it. So, casting a Humility, sure, it could turn all of my really good creatures that are on the battlefield, the Combos of the world, the Mirko right, Bosses, right, right. Cliffhaven Vampire, it could turn them all into 1-1s one with nothing, but that's going to impact me less than probably all of you guys that your commanders have to be actually be on the battlefield to mm -hmm. do something. So I, I think that feeds into the pillow fort. It doesn't feed into the mill, right. but I think it goes pillow fort and life gain is really where humility is going to shine. And, and again, like this is a this is another free one, right? It's another it's another target for removal. So you can keep your other stuff around that really matters to mm -hmm. you. Um, and there's no there's no drawback to it, right? Like even if, OK, sure. So you have yep. to block. You have to take. Well, actually, I take that back. Why would you ever block if this card was on the battlefield? <laughs> like, all right, yeah, I guess I'll just take exactly. four or whatever the case may be. Yeah, and to quote Big Tuck's favorite thing, it is a part of Magic history. That's right. Um, and also, this card I think used to be way more expensive, and it's around thirty dollars right now. Uh, outside of the artwork being horrendous, I would highly recommend picking one up. <laughs> I think the artwork's hilarious. Oh. So I actually I supported Phil's uh, Kickstarter. He's doing play mats. I ended up doing a pyroblast. Uh, hydroblast combo okay. mat art, uh, but humility was actually one of the ones that I was almost like, "Gosh, should I get a second mat and do humility?" Because it's Ugh. hilarious. I hate it. He has this other card. He has right. this other card that's got squee on it, which makes me literally want to vomit. I can't remember what it is now, but so we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that it's it's really, really rude of you. To Not you. On the thing. <laughs> no, it's literally a picture of the IRL squee. Don't know. Don't know how he did it. Um, God, it must be if you as a child. Ooh, man, we're going down yeah. that creepy yeah, van train. All right, bit. Tuck, what's your under $50 cut now? Uh, it's called Recycle for those playing the home game. But anyways, uh, I am going to cut a card again to get away from the thing. I'm going to cut Victory's Herald. So, in my opinion, this card's a little overcosted for what it does. Three colors, triple white for a 4-4 Flying Angel. Whenever it attacks, attacking creatures gain flying and lifelink till end of turn. I do really like the lifelink bit, but compare this to Angelic Skirmisher, that costs the same amount. Uh, Skirmisher just gives you a little bit more bang for your buck. So, again, I'm trying to get away from the red zone a little <laughs> bit. So, I'm actually going to cut in, not an... 
Dentition card, but an Equestrian card. We're talking okay. about our old pal Crested Summer. This card is amazing. Oh, the, 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 the nightmares. Oh. <laughs> well, Dan, Dan, Frenemy Dan loves playing really? this card. And it's just, he has so many GD horses. I can't Horse. hear. Uh, so, Crested Summer is three colorless <laughs> and a white, white for 5-5. Five, five. All the it's horse. It's a mythic. $5. Other horses you control have indestructible. At the beginning of each end step, if you gain life this turn, create a 5-5 five, five white horse creature token. So you're you're going to be able to get the one when it comes out. So pretty much you're paying 5 for 5-5 five, five and a 5-5 five, five indestructible, which yeah. is on itself good. You're going to be able to do that easily without having to jump through any hoops each turn. Um, but you also have the cards that give the lifelink. You have cards that maybe do stuff on other people's turns, right? Like there's there's ways that you can build this around where you're going to be able to trigger this every single turn. And because of that, you're slowly going to build up this army of both protectors and offenders, right? And the thing I like the most about this is if you do have four or five of them, even if they board wipe, they're only dealing with the one course. The other ones make it through, right? Yeah. Which I like a lot. So this plays a little bit more into the life gain, life loss side of this deck. And I think this is a very efficient way to chump out some creatures and chump out some jumpers. So it's interesting because you're trying to get away from like the sub 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 theme of I'm going to kill you via combat. But I feel like this is a card that you would run in an Aloro deck where it's like, hey, I'm going to gain a ton of life, create a ton of tokens, and then I'm going to smash face with all these indestructible horses. So I do it the other way, right? Where this is more of a defense card, right? You're just building up your army to be a deterrent mm. to get attacked with while you're having your other things mm. in the background work out while you're getting up to the Keening Stone, right? These, I mean, having four horses that can all tap through Phoenix. Not bad either, right? So I think that's I think that's yeah. how I would view this more. Now, granted, it depend depending on how the deck works out, you do have that option as well. But to me, it just seems like a it seems like a really easy addition. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Well, now we are on to that no budget. I'm going to cut a card that. I know it's an all-star and it wrecks in other decks, just not in mine. Uh, I think it needs to be more in your death and taxes token builds. Eile Eternal oh, sure, Fulcrum. So for just Orzov, that's the white black, legendary creature, core cleric, rare two, three. So on curve, death touch, super yep. on curve. Pay a colorless, sack another creature. You gain life equal to that creature, sacrifice toughness, which would be great because, you know, have some open mana. People start trying to target, remove other things. Pay mana, sack right. it. Like, I could always pay one, sack a horse. I gain a horse at the end of turn. That seems pretty great. Um, colorless and Orzov. A sacrifice another creature. Exile target non-land permanent. Activate ability only if my starting life total is 10 or more um, from where it began. Uh, we talked about it. I'm usually not living in the 50-plus range. I'm usually in that like mid 30s to low right, 40s right. somewhere in there so in all those reasons i got i got to get rid of it um and this isn't necessarily going to help my curve it's going to increase it by two but i just cannot pass up this card twilight profit oh, yeah <laughs> sitting at a cool 17 dollars for some <laughs> reason uh also another all-star and edgar markov i'm sure uh two colorless black black creature vampire cleric it's a mythic two four flying uh and it has a send so if i control 10 or more permanents at any point during the game i get the city's blessing for the rest of the game which is kind of right. nice at the beginning of my upkeep, if I have the city's blessing, reveal the top card of my library and put it into my hand. 
Each opponent loses X life, and I gain X life where X is that card's converted mana cost. Basically, this is a reverse Dark Confidant, to where that one, traditionally, you reveal the top, and you lose whatever its CMC is, and then you get to put it into your hand. So this is going to help me gain life, it's going to help me draw cards, and it's going to help tick down my opponents to where it's going to be a little bit easier to maybe do my drips and drafts right, life right, right. stuff. Or if maybe I'm up against another life gain player and ah, they're at like 70 something. So sure, lose five just for me drawing right. a card. I, yeah. And, and again, like I said, big butt, draw a card. It does everything this deck wants, right? You're, this is a permanent base deck. You're going to be able to get to ascend the second you cast this pretty much. If not the turn or two after it is a slam dunk. I hate the fact it's a freaking vampire because, of course, it had to be from Rivals of Ixalan. Um, and thank you, Historic, for keeping this card right at $17. This should be a $5 commander-only played card, but here we are. <laughs> this is the yeah, world exactly. we live in. Ugh. All right, Big Tuck, how are you going to quote-unquote break the bank? So I actually am doing this, and I'm keeping to my word of over $20 cards. So um, this card, I think, looks really good on its face, but I think it's just too slow for what it does. So I'm actually going to cut Celestial Force. It came in the pre-con. Oh, I know, no. man, I know. Five colorless, triple white. So eight for a seven, seven with no evasion. At the beginning of each cup keep, you gain three life. Now granted, if you have your coward's combo rig and roll going, you can get there. But at this point of the game, you just need, at that point of the game of eight mana, you just need something else. Well, the coward's combo, I just instantly right. win at the next the next episode. Agreed, right? But coward's combo costs what? Nine, and then this is another eight on top of that. Yeah, so you shouldn't be upset that I'm doing a 15 no, 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 mana I'm not, combo. So that's what I'm saying. Like, but I I agree. I'm not upset with that with that combo in this deck in particular. I just don't think this card gets you where you want, right? Like, it doesn't really beat face because it can get chumped. The three life gain, unless you have all those other things in a row, doesn't really get you there either. So instead of that, I want to play a card that I think is going to make a huge difference in this deck. Um, and this is going to lean more towards the Pillow Forte side of things. So I'm suggesting that you put in No Mercy. So first off, mercy, Ooh, no mercy filthy. indeed. It's over, tw it's twenty six dollars and change ish. So it's an enchantment, hard to hard to get rid of. Whenever a creature deals damage to you, destroy it. So as we talked about, you are easy pickings for tokens, decks that come out fast, that sort of stuff, right? Jumping in for you know your land or else is getting in for one, that sort of stuff. And I think this card is going to be a huge deterrent against that sort of thing. I think once you have no mercy out, that is when you're going to see those like 50, 60, maybe more life totals. People, it's not going to be worth it for someone just to knock it's you down fair. for two or five when next turn you're just going to get immediately up there off of a Twilight Prophet that you swing out, right? So for me, I think this is like, there's a reason why this is so expensive. It's not even on the reserve list, which is insanity. Why has it been reprinted? Um, besides, oh, and also there's an unreadable invocation version of it too. So you can add that to your yes. list as well. We all know how yeah, to so, like, so I think like... This does Pillow Forte the most efficient um, and the best way that you can in this deck. You know, uh, I don't hate it. Uh, I mean, it kind of, I mean, if you think about it, that somewhat feeds into like my humility to where are they really going to want to swing in for just five damage to when maybe I have some stuff I don't need that I could just chump block with. We're just trading yeah, exactly, right. one ones. 
no triggers happen and i would just gain the life back anyways so no i i like that um it just hurts me on the celestial force because i do have so many things that trigger off mm -hmm. of gaining life that being able to automatically gain it during everyone's turn i think if once again if the deck was built right i think it would really get me there but the deck's a hot piece of trash so it doesn't <laughs> So, uh, with that being said, we're going to head to that outro, and thanks for making it until the end. And as promised, here's some details about our giveaway from our sponsor, Level 1 Game Shop. We're giving away that three super sweet land pack, and uh, we've already announced them all, so just to remind you, it's going to be a pre-release Fable, Fable Passage. We're going to be doing a Champions Akamigawa Tuck, how do we say uh, it in that Spanish? El uh, Salon de Senor Bandito. And a sixth edition City of Brass, yes. which is just super yes. awesome. Uh, plus, you'll be getting a CMD Tower playmat and sleeves. To enter, it's very, very simple and 99% uh, free. Uh, just promote the content that you're listening or watching in entry for every interaction you do with us on social media, on YouTube, uh, whatever we get notifications on, whatever platform, you get an entry for it. We're going to announce the winner on MTG Action 4 News September 1st and social media soon after. And yes, these giveaways will be happening every single month. So, uh... Keep letting level one keep supporting them so they keep giving us free stuff to give to you guys. But if you'd like to leave us some positive feedback, that would count for the giveaway and just give us the warm and fuzzies. Uh, whether it's on YouTube or your podcast platform, five-star review, thumbs up, kind words, we would yes. love it. Um, if you would like to reach out to us and find more ways you can enter into the contest, here's how you can do that. You can reach me at Mr. Combo number five on Twitter, all spelled out except for the five. Big Tuck. So... Where you uh, I am not just a retweet and like bot. I actually do read the things, even though that's pretty much my only uh, interaction on the Tweeter sphere. Uh, you can find me there at Big Tuck Tweeting on that. And you can also find me uh, Big Tuck at cmdtower.com. Send me an email. I'd love to see that inbox being put to use. Uh, you can reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. You can go to our website, cmdtower.com. Basically, just type in Celestial Force, Mother of Ruins, Diabolic Tutor, Tower.com. Sweet McGee, if people want to find out how to get a hold of you, how would they do that? Oh, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Rich Chaos Records. You can find me, myself, and I at Dear Squee at CMD Towers. Other than that, I'm on Twitter. It's uh, it's getting worse. So, you know, I'm I'm backing off the Twitter. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe we'll start doing this. The best way you can get at me now is, uh, probably the Discord. So if Ooh. you're not a part of the Discord, maybe you should think about segueing into something like joining. Ooh, he can handle all of your audio needs and does have a full studio if you are in the KC metro area. Masks are required, pants are optional. Um, and perfect uh, segue, uh, if you want to talk to Squee in our Discord for only a buck a month, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. We have something for war tiers from as simple as the glory of talking to Squee and uh, what's really growing to be like the Squee union in there. I mean, the, the dude has a following. What a nightmare. Yeah, a bit... Eventually, they're all gonna like go on strike, and I don't even know what's gonna be about, but it's gonna happen. Screw the man, we're taking um, it down from the inside. It's a, it's a man. It's a manolith militia. <laughs> oh, I like oh, that. God. Oh my I like god, that a lot. We do have stretch goals to where uh, right now our 
Current one is 50 patrons. You actually get a guest, or we'll do a random patron to get a guest spot each month on the uh, brews and builds with your own sweet, sweet brew, as well as each tier gives you additional entries into the monthly giveaway. Um, so, But if you can't support us financially through Patreon and you would like to at least pick up some of our sweet swag, head over to cmdtower.com slash merch. Uh, we do sell bundles. We do sell the play mats. We sell all the individual stuff that we can ship out to you. Uh, there are still some kinks on the store, so there is a Facebook chat bot on there that you could chat with which goes directly to one of us three and we'll of course be able to answer your question but please get this stuff out of my basement i would love all jokes aside to be able to get the playmats gone so we could work on a net new design for you guys uh, if you want to hook up our sponsor with the orders you're already doing and let them know that you appreciate those monthly giveaways, head over to level1gameshop.com. When you place an order in the order notes, just type in CMD Tower so know that you came from The Collective. Outside of their own storefront, they do have a TCG store with 99% accuracy rating. They do sell different board games, puzzles, and, and, and Mishkava, all, this, all the things, all the stuff. Uh, they also sell our CMD Tower play mat and sleeves, so you should definitely buy those up from them. Um, and everything else you need from a Magic Gathering and game perspective and of course thank you again to pink royal for music you guys provide in all the episodes so big tuck you said we'd never do it but we did it and i feel like you didn't hate it Alora, the tax collector the laziest <laughs> man on earth basically we should title this deck the u.s I, government you know I, it's fun feel? it's just a, i think like we've talked about i think the most interesting thing with this deck in particular is just looking back and being like you know a little bit back in the heyday in my opinion of commander where it can be like I'm gonna play these cards that I just think are fun and people aren't gonna give me crap yeah. about them. Um, I can have a deck that has four potential terse, like tiers of winning. Um, but I mean like it, it is, I do like the fact that it's not just your generic Laurel built outside of the hashtag cowers combo. So, you know, it, it's interesting to see this played. Um, you know, I think with our, I think with, with our suggestions and ideas, I think we can turn this into something that similar to some of the decks we've talked about on my end that might come out of the rotation a little bit more. Yeah, no, I agree with you, and uh, you know, hopefully, we, we could do some changes to where to where I don't groan with all of you, to where it's like, all right, guys, I'm gonna play Loro, and it's like, holy hell, <laughs> I don't want to see this, um, and and that would be nice to be loved for once. Anybody, um, please, but. Yeah, anybody, please do it. Uh, but no, I think you know one of the first things I'm gonna do is probably cut Alter the Brood, Eily, uh maybe even like mother of ruins uh and just added lands yeah. uh i because I, I need to add in some lands um i'm almost wondering if i should probably cut some other stuff and just add in mana rocks uh this deck really needs to be able to like function right. and not just okay i land past and it's like turn three then turn four all right i just pass this part yeah, turn right. <laughs> it's so depressing. Um, and that's probably part of the reason I don't play it anymore, because it's like, cool, I gained two life, which I usually forget the trigger anyways. Good thing I have that Mr. Combo Ooh. reminder token. Uh, slight plug. But, uh, yeah, I, I really want to do some of these changes. I think I have a couple of the cards we've talked about, like, laying around. I definitely do not have a Humility <laughs> or No Mercy laying around. Uh, or a Crested Sun Mare, for that matter. Or a Twilight Prophet. So, basically, the most expensive cards I don't have laying around. Uh, but, you know what? Maybe with my Double Masters, I could trade sure. some of the Collective for them. Well, guys, we're going to sign off. Uh, FYI, this was recording number two because Mr. Combo is a hashtag loser. See ya. <laughs>